Ready in Hamesh, Alba, Shalosh, Stein. Where my mom's, where my mom's, where my mom's at? Where my mom's wearing thongs, hitting bongs at? Raising kids, cleaning shits, need a long nap. Where my mom's, where my mom's, where my mom's at? Where my mom's at podcast! With Christina P. Ah. Thank you so much for being here, watching us on YouTube, downloading. With me is a fan favorite, Miss Leanne Kreischer. I'm back! <laughs> wife of the Party well, wife podcast. Of the party, yes. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silence. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Um, welcome. I, I love seeing you. You're such a breath of fresh air. And I also wanted to thank you personally for when this uh, accident happened with Tom that you and Bert were like first responders at my home. <laughs> and I cannot thank you enough for taking the reins that night because I was a mess. As would anybody be. It was a pretty big deal. And Horrible. we were, of course, happy and did not hesitate to help. Of course. I we love, love you guys. Well, you're so good under, under uh, pressure. You snapped right into action. And I'm, I'm, and it was a big step for me to ask for help. I never great. do. I never have. And this was great. Yeah. yeah. And it was a very positive uh, thing to do. It was a win all the way around. <laughs> we were so, you know, is there's a helpless feeling when a friend is in need and you do, can't do anything. Ugh, I'd much sure rather is. be there washing dishes yeah. or, you know, so I feel like I'm doing something. I'd much rather do that than just sit at home and worry. I know. Right. And you don't realize the importance of just making yourself available to someone as a service, you know, just, mm -hmm. just being there in the space was really comforting. So thank you. You are welcome. Um, so I was on uh, two bears with your husband and how'd that go? It was, it was a really great show. I'm sure it was. We joke at our house that, uh, Tom is me and you yeah. are Bert. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what you talked about. I have no idea. But it's like having two birds, right? Was that what? Am I right? Is is that the way Nadav, it was? Exactly. Right. <laughs> exactly. 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 Right. I knew it. I knew it. Because Tom and I was like, when I did it with Tom, I was like, how's this gonna work? We're same, 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 same. Calm, collected, serene. Bert and I were like, I drink alone. So do I. It's great. <laughs> Well, the Tom How do people and I not feed themselves all day long? I don't need any reward. I have anxiety. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Tom and I are the dead inside ones. <laughs> just dead inside. Just what? What do you need? That's what Bert said. And I was yeah. like, dead inside? And I started laughing because I'm like, I'm not sure I would characterize either of them as dead inside. He says I'm dead inside all the time because I'm blunt. <laughs> I'm just very blunt. I'm just like, no, that shirt doesn't look good. What do you want me to say? The shirt looks good adjacent. I mean, I don't know. It either does or does not. So yes. how do I just fucking mince words with that? You can't. You are so funny because I was talking. So Tom and I talked about the differences in our marriages, like just on the surface, because you never know what really goes on between. Yeah, yeah. But just how you and Bert interact yeah. is so different than how Tom and I do. Like yes. blunt is the best word. What you just said. You're like, how can I not just say that he's a fucking asshole yeah, when he's yeah. a fucking asshole? Yeah, totally. <laughs> Why wouldn't you do that? 
Isn't that who you should be able to be completely honest with? Your spouse? <laughs> and I'm, I labor under the, a different principle, actually, <sighs> which is honesty is not always the best policy. And in my <sighs> case, shutting the fuck up does me a lot more service but that's just because of my dynamic with my husband so no that's good advice i don't know <laughs> no i should take that advice a little bit that would help me a lot actually but you know part of me feels <laughs> oh bert's gonna hate this that's okay Sorry, he's coming babe. in next so we'll fill him in go ahead he's gonna hate this but i feel like <laughs> he everybody gives <sighs> him all that he wants all the time mm. so i feel like i should be reality Mm. Right. And the reality is you don't look good in that shirt. I'm sorry. <laughs> you don't, you know, maybe that's too harsh. I don't know. Well, and also, you know, I grew up mostly with my dad and his guy friends and my uncles. Yeah. And they just don't coddle each they other. They didn't mince words no, or mince no coddling. Yeah. It was too inefficient. Well, what's interesting with Bert and you and, and is that I think any other person Bert would not respond well to that. But with you, it is like peanut butter and jelly. It is. It I don't know why. fucking works. It does. <laughs> it's tough love. Yeah. And he, and, and it doesn't break him. And I think because he's, he's not, he, he, like myself, we're not great at confrontation. It's not no, my favorite thing. he's not. I avoid it. I'd rather just shut the fuck up and figure, I, I'm horrible with it. But so for you to be able to confront him, a lot, it seems, and for him to not crumble is really a testament, I think, to your intimacy and your bond. I think it is somewhat, yes. I think the other side of that coin is, you are right, he is not confrontational with everybody except me. He has no problem saying to me, that hurt my feelings, that wasn't cool, if it's something that really did. You know, yeah. like, you're, you don't look good in that shirt, doesn't really hurt his feelings <laughs> for whatever reason. But if I comic. did something, yeah. right? <laughs> he is super sensitive. Yes. So sometimes, and yes. I am not sensitive. Mm -hmm. I mean, it takes a bulldozer to hurt my feelings. I just don't, I don't have that piece. I don't, I'm dead inside. You're <laughs> not dead inside. <laughs> you're actually, you're not. I would argue that you're more alive and connected in, in, many ways than Bert and I because we're so afraid of our feelings I think Bert and I are more like eh, like the chicken little thing that's very accurate for Bert he um, is very afraid of his feelings sometimes but you're not yeah. yeah you don't get your feelings hurt that's uh -uh. interesting I don't get my feelings hurt because I don't take anything personally I I know who I am I know my intentions my intentions are never bad I never yeah. walk into any situation going I'm fucking this up you ready? <laughs> you look like shit in that shirt. That's not what my intention is. My intention is for you not to leave the house looking like shit. <laughs> right? So then my intention is positive. Yeah. So then I know that about myself. And maybe I could make adjustments where I could be a little softer, a little kinder in my words. But, um, but so I don't really... I don't know when someone says something, I just think, well, that's your problem. That's them. Yeah, because you do learn, as I've learned... Um, is that most people, 99% of the time, are not thinking of you. No. And I don't mean that in a, in like, a, it's just a factual thing yeah. of, like, most of the time, people aren't out to deliberately attack or hurt you. No. 99% of the time, they're in, everyone's in their own head, in their own, living out their own drama. Totally. So you're lucky if you can cross paths with somebody where the, you guys see each other. It's rare that you meet someone, I think you're very good at this, um, to get out of your head and really witness another person you're mm -hmm. very good listener you're you are very attuned 
Well, thank you. To, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a good skill. And I think that's probably why uh, you and Bert work together. So my question to you is, so then what does Bert get hurt about? If it's not the shirt, you look, you look like shit. Right. What is it? What the, what's the, do you know, are there certain things you know, like I shouldn't, I shouldn't, that's what being married is too, is knowing like, oh, that's, that's rough. Well, the thing about it is, is being married is a journey in learning, right? It's oh not, a, it's not a journey of knowing, it's a journey of learning. So I'm still learning. I'm not perfect. Some of the things we argue about lately has to do with parenting because he's been not home for mm -hmm. 16 years. And now suddenly in this coronavirus, he's home. And so I often parent a lot without consulting him mm -hmm. because that's how I've parented for 16 years. So it's not like I'm, I, I'm just not used to including him in things and that hurts his feelings. And I'm having to think differently about day-to-day -day parenting things, you know, and saying things like, it doesn't occur to me for them, to, you know, Bert gets up in the morning, goes to the man cave, works out. The girls are going to school at our other house now, so they're actually physically leaving to get, give them some, quote, normalcy. And I had to consciously think, go say goodbye to your dad. Because <laughs> dad's never home. Dad's never home when they go to school. And they've been going to school at home, so there's no <sighs> need to do that. And so that will hurt his feelings. Well, he'll come in and go, they didn't say goodbye to me? You didn't remind them to say goodbye to me? And I'm like, I didn't even, I, it's so not in my wheelhouse because... You know, dad's not the lawyer that comes home every day. So little things like that hurt his feelings. Yeah. And I don't mean, or, I don't mean to hurt his Or feelings dad like can remember, guess what? The kids leave for school at well, 745. Then you're asking him to take care of his own <laughs> needs and feelings. Isn't that interesting in my perspective also? Right. Because we, you know, I don't know if it's a dad thing, mm -hmm. but we, we have similar things in our house too oh, yeah? of like, you know, if, yeah, there are certain, it's the kids that have the schedule. And so we must work around, yeah. they, they rule the roost at totally. this age. And this is it. Yeah. A lot of reminding of like, ah, they, 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 yeah, they, they start, they, they set the, the tone here. They do. And, and they do around. as teenagers. It doesn't stop. Oh, it, oh it doesn't okay. stop. <laughs> wow. That's interesting. Yeah. It's, uh, so, so lately so that's tough. the stuff yeah. that hurts his feelings. Sure. Um, I can't think of anything before this pen. I, that's another thing that he doesn't enjoy about me is <laughs> I, we have an argument and I move on, right? And I go, okay, duly noted. Mm -hmm. I will try to adjust that. But I can't remember what the argument was about a week later. He will remember that argument on his deathbed. <laughs> I swear to God, he's a Scorpio. And he's like, seven years ago, <laughs> when you took that, candy bar and i'm like what are you talking about i have no vengeance wow. in me at got, all wow. so i don't remember anything uh that we've ever thought about if it's not pretty recent because i just go well i know but, my intention and i know his intention yep we want each other to be happy yeah so this was a momentary hiccup where for him it was like stab stab <laughs> stab and i'm like really i i don't get any kind of pass on that or oh my gosh it's like listening to tom talk because same thing i don't get any kind of pass because like when i fight with tom it's as if we've never been together for 15 years <laughs> and he has no goodwill built up and oh, same yeah maybe that's a man thing i don't know no i'm saying i'm i'm the bert oh. where i am like <gasps> oh 
like I get so fired up like this is the worst thing ever and I do I can remember certain fights yeah yeah I, I mean, don't remember I only uh, remember fights where he says ridiculous stuff like there's this one fight we got into when he was in his PTSD phase of Travel Channel where he uh, all of a sudden started backing himself against the wall and going I've married the wrong person I've married the wrong person I can't believe I've, I've, I've spent this much time married to the wrong person. And you know what we were fighting about? What? I baited a hook for the girls to go fishing, and that was emasculating. <laughs> and I kept going, what? You were at the house. I was at the dock. Should I have said, honey, can you come bait a hook? Because I'm so dainty. Are you kidding me? And I married the wrong person. You have no idea who I am and what I need. And I was like, okay, you need to get some help. That is so funny because I've had the same panic inside, but I don't verbalize. Oh, it. he can't. He had I'm verbal not. diarrhea. Is diarrhea. Because if I were to say that to Tom, he'd be like, what do you mean? Like he would freak out too because Tom drinks my Kool-Aid. Oh, right. no, I don't drink any of that you, fucking you shit, man. I go, I see what's happening here, and you are losing your mind, <laughs> and you are catastrophe thinking, and I'm going to sit back on the bench and let this roller coaster go to hell, and I will be here when it's back from hell, and then we can have a conversation. That's what I feel like. <laughs> see, this is what I'm talking about. I feel like nobody has these frank conversations about marriage and about what they don't. it really means to be a parent to be a wife and uh you know there's this mythology i think especially with women that that we can do it all and we're great at it all and it's like it's so much responsibility for us it's not even fucking possible to do everything all no. the time and like um yeah sorry i'm just laughing at the two of you oh, <laughs> at the roller coaster to hell and i'm sitting yeah. on the bench going okay well yeah. let me yeah. just uh, yeah. i'm gonna look at my fingernails until like, you get off this fucking roller coaster but see nobody tells you that that's really the nature of marriage and the nature of parenting it is just a roller coaster all the time it is and the key is to me at least the way i've rode this roller coaster of marriage is to want the best for the other person yeah not at the di total disregard of yourself, yeah. but at, in a moment where the other person is the one upset, to try and say, what can I understand about why they're upset? That's huge. Now, Bert wants me to take responsibility for things that I haven't done sometimes, and I will not do that. But at the same time, I try to find what his issue is and help with that mm. you know what i mean mm -hmm. and sometimes it is totally my fault and i'll say oh my god i'm that's i'm so sorry that was really wrong of me now he'll say that i never do that <laughs> but i do um but oftentimes <laughs> the catastrophe thinker that i'm living with has taken a mount a molehill and made a huge mountain and made me accountable for things that didn't even happen. Yeah. And I can't go into agreement with that. No, because then you're feeding into his delusional exactly. thinking. And his catastrophe thinking, which I think is part of his anxiety. Is the anxiety goes straight to she's leaving me. Yeah, that's what I, I have fear me. of abandonment. Yeah. Same. He thinks I'm leaving every five seconds. And I'm like, dude, don't you think? I mean, I've been here 18 years. That's what Tom, that's so funny. I swear we are married to, <laughs> I think, yeah. this is crazy. Yeah. It's like, um, it's like you're parroting back conversations, Tom and I.
This is so wild. Oh, my God. So okay. if that's the case, then we can't be the only two couples who have these conversations. That's true. Yeah. That's true. That's very true. Yeah, we can't be. I know. You know how many emails I get that say, I am Bert and my husband is you? Yeah. So many. It's got to be that way. We're kind of the standard blueprint. It's kind of scary. Well, yeah, because there's a fear of abandonment. Uh-huh. And then it's how we, it's like what, what, what you learn being in therapy for so many years is like, you're just wired a certain way because of childhood events, right? Mm-hmm. And then now you get married to somebody and now you're just, you're going through those blueprints again, mm-hmm. you're wiring and you guys will go through events or things that'll bump up against some they trigger triggering yeah. shit from your childhood, from the past. So now you're reacting from a place back here to someone that's here and yeah. it doesn't even make sense anymore. You get so, yeah. but so many people like you have really a lot, it sounds like a lot of clarity on what's happening. Like when Bert's acting out, you know, like, oh, this isn't about me. This is about him. Let me see if I can be a really helpful partner and figure out what what's going on so that we can help Bert. Yes. Versus like, I'm going to react to his reactioning, right. reacting, which is what most couples do, right? I do that sometimes everybody, too. Everybody falls into yeah, that Yeah, I do that sometimes too. I remember one time the fan wasn't working. Um on the stove and Tom got so mad at the fact fucking fan goddamn fucking fucking fan work and I was like okay I can either fall into this trap (laughs) and join him in the fucking fan thing or we can figure out what's really going on today yeah Yeah. that's what I try to do I'm not perfect I don't always do it sometimes I I'm like oh you want to go to 11 I'll meet you at 15 (laughs) because I'm sick of being the patient one yeah. Helping you figure out your shit today, yeah. we're blowing it up yeah. because I'm done. Mm-hmm. I do have those days too. Of course. But, you know, my therapist told me she feels like in our arguments, Bert needs to be validated and I need to be heard. Mm. So if he can understand I need to be heard, and if I can understand he needs to be validated, our arguments will be cleaner, faster, more efficient. You know, because then I can go, where can I validate his feelings? And he can go, where, how can I make her feel like I really heard her? Mm. And then if I get what I need, even if I'm wrong, if I still feel heard, I'm much faster to say, I'm so sorry. Yeah. But if I can't get heard, because remember, I grew up with a mother who didn't let me talk. Mm. So then I can't. That's my, my trigger is I need to feel like someone hears what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And they can even say, I hear you, but I don't agree with you. Okay, that's fine. As long as I know that you hear me. Mm-hmm. But he does not want to hear me. When he is upset, he mm. just has to be validated before he can hear anything. Wow. So this is our little cycle we go in is like, I will not validate you until you've heard me. Well, I will not hear you until you've validated me. <laughs> so we get this push and pull about who gets what they need first. So when my therapist explained that to me, I was like, okay, so then I'm just going to try to validate the pieces I can to, mm. to bring the level down so that he can hear me. And then I get what I need. Do you realize what you just broke down no, is so varsity level? Yeah, like, but that, that people listening to this are probably like, what? How does she know all that? Therapy. My therapist told me that. Yeah. I mean, that's... To have that much insight into your relationship and how it's going and why this and that happens is really helpful and really good. And I well, think thanks. Well, I, but don't, we, don't you think people's misery and suffering comes from like not having this insight? And yes. then they go, you know what I need? A divorce. Fuck yes. this guy. And I'm going to find another one. And then guess what? The other one is exactly the same. And or I'm going to have an affair. That'll make everything great. And then they blow up their lives. It's like the people act out when they can't totally. figure this out. 
Totally. And they, I think what happens is you get, if you don't have tools, you start feeling really lost and helpless. And then you go, fuck it. I'm not doing it anymore. Yeah. Instead of saying, how do I figure this out? Because it can be figured out. If your value system lines up with your partner, then you can figure any of these semantics out. Yeah. If you have a different value system, then you have a bigger problem. But that's, that's true. Yeah. If your value systems line up, then you can figure, figure almost anything out. You may need help, pastor, counselor, a uh, really trusted friend that you can, you know, share stuff with that's constructive and not destructive. I, I worry about the friend because, yeah. It has to be a yeah. specific kind of friend. It has to be when a constructive that, friend, not go, destructive. Go to the ones who have a, a, a life you want to have. Exactly <laughs> right. They have a good relationship. Go to that Genuinely, person. That's yeah, right. Don't, don't go to the friend that has bad boyfriend after bad boyfriend. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Fuck that bitch. Go to the one that's winning. The yeah. revolving door of relationships. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. no, no. Not good. She's fun for a drink and the stories that come from that. Yeah, but yeah. not like the marital. Yeah. No, not yeah. the success plan. Right, yeah. She doesn't have a success plan. No, that So I don't know. I, my intention when I got married was to stay married. Mm, right? Same, yeah. It, uh, I found someone who's had the same value system, who was fun, who was funny, who um, I could play out my childhood stuff with, and he played out his with mine, and all these, the pathways you were talking about and the triggers. And, um, you know, I love Bert. Drew, when I was on Doctor uh, After Dark with him the other day, he was like, uh, Bert loves you so much, and you, you know, you, you know, I guess you like Bert? And I was like, well, of course I like Bert. Why would I? I love Bert. So I don't want anybody to think, <laughs> I don't love him. And you know, I do. You like you, Bert. Know, you know, he's, I mean, I don't really get it was kind of what I got from that. He didn't say that, but I was like, oh, that's a bummer. I don't want anybody to think she doesn't love him. I do. I just, <laughs> I don't do anything as intensely as Bert does. I guess you know? from the outside, then people go, well, Bert is so lovable. If you know him, he's really sweet. He's a sweetheart. God, he's the best. He is a sweetheart and he is just, yeah, he's just a really good human being. He is. That happens to fart and cut his toenails and tape it to furniture He's and you know so do bizarre gross. things. He's really disgusting though, Leanne. I mean that that hygiene stuff is is pretty grody, but but you're used to it. I mean, he doesn't smell though. I've never or no does he, he no 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 he he showers and he does take uh, he does water pick his mouth multiple times a day. <laughs> I didn't say he brushed his teeth, but he does floss and water pick. He doesn't brush his teeth. Not really. Okay. But he does floss and, and water pick, which he believes is better. <laughs> Maybe it is. I don't know. He doesn't have bad breath. No, I've never smelled breath. No, he doesn't have bad breath. He doesn't smell unless he's just worked out. Yeah. Okay. And obviously you find him physically attractive. I do. I you're, love bears. You're, yeah. You're into your bear. Yeah. Oh, and sidebar, I tried your BJ technique. Tell me. And... I know it changed our lives. He game changer. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But there was a weird feeling afterwards because I was like, wait a minute. This is the same BJ that like your best friend gets. Are we like, are you guys BJ brothers now? Like, this is incestuous and weird. You know what I'm saying? Well, now they can share that. <laughs> <laughs> they can share that with each other. The BJ brothers. The Beach brothers. And Tom, was, was after he got hurt, he's like, man, I'm so upset I got that beach technique right before this accident Oh, happened. my God. He's like, we were just on a new streak of stuff, and then this happened. So hopefully I can Well, that part's not broken. I know, but I think yeah. he's still, like, not in, 
interesting. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah, he'll come back around. Oh, he will sooner than you think. I know. God damn it. Um, but yeah, so thank you for that. And for anyone listening, <laughs> uh, Leanne's famous BJ technique was on, uh, I don't know which episode number it is, but it's a, it's not very far behind, back here. And she was so kind enough to review the book. What is it? How to have sex like a gay man? Uh, a sex straight- tips for a straight woman from a gay man, I yes. think it's called. And Leanne will... Rem- it's not my tip. It's his tip that I read in a book. Right. And she thoughtfully came in with like highlighted notes and dog ear pages <laughs> and gave us the best of the best of that book so you don't have to read it because I know your mom you don't have time for that shit um but really helpful and really great so thank you awesome. for that yeah game change so I wanted to go into this next topic and I was so thrilled before we started rolling um I get lots of emails from moms who are like I have two children I live in a small town I have dreams of doing x y and z but i can't but thanks to the internet i can start a podcast or i can start a youtube channel i can do these things and and then there's also a lot of emails of like hey i'm a certain age i have this many kids i have this how do i start the career how do i follow my dreams of what i want and do would you mind telling people what you're recently what you did (laughs) are you okay with that i mean i I think it's so inspiring and i think people need to hear that yeah dude you can do it whenever well, you know, I believe that God talks to you in, uh, all the time. You just have to pay attention. So in one week, two people recommended the same writing class to me mm. in the same week. You should take this writing class at UCLA Extension. Mm. It's called Nonfiction Narrative. I think you'd be great. You have so many stories. And for years, I've thought about writing a memoir, but that is too overwhelming. Like, I'm like, how do you even start And my life was so schizophrenic. Like I was half in this small town, half in Atlanta, half in this community, half over here, over here, over here, bouncing around so much that I could never figure out how to make a cohesive like story, like a memoir that you read. So when these two women recommended this class in the same week, Mm. I thought to myself, I should pay attention to that and I should take that class. So I did. So I enrolled in the class and... You know, I never graduated from college. I went to four years of college and never graduated. And I wrote screenplays for years before I met Bert. But I never took any classes to do that. So I think part of my psyche was like, who do you think you are to do this? Who do you think you are to think that you can write a memoir? What's so special about your stories? All that negative talk that happens. And when the two people said in that one week, take this class, and I listened, mm. the teacher um, had a, a very profound effect on me. So mm. I started writing. The, the, the class was to write a 750-word essay a week about a true story from your life, a narrative nonfiction from your life. So I did. And every week I had to read the stories aloud to the class, and the teacher would give me notes and advice. But the teacher was just so, so supportive. And every week kept saying, these are incredible stories. Like, these are incredible stories. And about halfway through the class, he said, I think you need to read this book. It's um, a memoir written in essay form. Mm. I think you should think about doing that. And I the whole time kept going, hey, are you talking to me? <laughs> Little me? Are you talking to me? Yeah. Are, are you sure you're talking to me? Yeah. And by the end of the 10-week class, I felt like I could actually write this book. Wow. Like, I felt like I had enough stories. I had written enough stories in the course of this 10-week course that by the end of it, I had about seven stories 
that I got such positive feedback from, I felt very inspired. Mm. And so I've continued writing once a week as if I'm in the class because I would like write on Fridays, rewrite on Sundays, and then turn my homework in and my class was on Wednesday. So I'm doing everything except the class. And I'm just going to, I'm just going to do, I'm just going to do it. But I really had been talking <laughs> about this forever, for years, like exhaustively saying to people, you know, I think you should write a memoir. I have all these crazy stories about growing up. And I just wouldn't do it. And I think part of it was I didn't really believe in myself. Mm. And part of it was I didn't have time. But when you sign up for a class, you go to class, or I do. I do my homework, and I go to class. And I think that's the kick in the pants I needed and the validation that a real, live college professor said to me, you are an amazing storyteller, mm -hmm. and this is a very specific gift, and you know what you're doing. I mean, he kept saying, you know what you're doing. You know mm -hmm. what you're doing. And then he would read my thing, and he would go, so this week is about dialogue. I want you to, to read Leanne's piece one more time. <gasps> and I'd be like, oh, my God. <laughs> he did that. <laughs> he did that several times. Oh. And I kept going, really? You keep referring to my piece? Really? That's crazy. So, yeah, it was an amazing experience. And really... You know, I sat down with everybody in my family who, of course, are very supportive, and my kids are teenagers, and I said, this is something I'd really like to try. Now, what this means is Wednesday nights, you're on your own, you're figuring out dinner, and I'm not around. If you have homework you need help with, Isla, you're going to have to ask your dad. If the dogs, you're going to feed the dogs, you're doing mom's off duty Wednesday nights. And they were so supportive. You know, my last day of class, they walked out to the man cave clapping, brought me Aww. a glass of champagne. And that support was really important, too. I think a lot of moms are probably afraid to say, I want to do this, and I need your support as a family. Mm -hmm. We spend our whole lives supporting mm -hmm. our kids and our spouses. And to ask for that in return, for me anyway, was a little hard. Mm -hmm. Even though I have two kids that can probably, they, can, they cook dinner for us all the time. They don't need me anymore in that way but it was not easy I, it was a huge consideration before I even enrolled in the class was how would this affect the other three people that live in my house for me to ask for three hours a week wow first of all congratulations because ah, yes I as someone that's known you for a million years you have been talking about getting back into writing Forever. since since Isla and Georgia were babies I yep. remember you I remember you know, you were, Leanne was a writer before she had children. So I remember when you had your babies, you were like, so f it was very frustrating because as we all know, when you have small children, there is no sitting at a computer for three hours. There is no such thing. No. If you, you have to physically remove yourself from your home to do anything and yes. have help. You can't fucking. Especially when our kids were that age, we were so broke. We had no nannies and I worked a job. Yeah. I worked like a regular job and had a nanny only for the time I was at the job. Yeah. So you're exhausted. So I couldn't There's do it. no way. But I sensed, I really wanted you to get back into it because I know that there, there's that creative part of you. You are so creative. And to have this outlet again must feel really, really great. And you're right. I think you're right. When you start on a creative mission, like when I first became a, a comedian, first of all, 
who becomes a comedian? Are you out of your mind? <laughs> and who's going to support that? Your my parents were like, you're out of your mind. Everyone's right. going to tell you you're out of your mind. And just right. be ready for that, people listening. When you say, I want to start an Etsy shop, yeah, doing my ceramic ornaments or whatever totally. it is. I want to be a podcaster. I want to be a comedian. I want to be a singer. I want to be whatever writer. Don't expect everybody to be on board with your vision just yet. You're lucky that your family's supportive, but a lot of times people are going to think you're a dreamer. They can be haters. They can be totally. jealous. They can be resentful. And believing in yourself is so hard. And I yeah, think you're is. right that there's this great book. Did you ever read The War of Art? By yes. Stephen, One of the best Pressfield. books ever written. If you're thinking of doing anything, anything, it's, it's about writing. It doesn't have to be art. It could be anything. Can be anything. You want to go back to school to be a nurse? You should read this book. A hundred percent. It's very small too. The yeah. War of Art, Stephen Pressfield, <clears throat> and he talks about the grind. Yes. And it's about the process, but getting yourself, getting yourself to admit, a, I think I want to write that memoir. Who yeah. the fuck am I? Who am I? Well, guess what? Ernest Hemingway at one point was just some guy. Yeah. Right. They were just fucking scumbags drinking alcoholics <laughs> banging women he, i'm not doing any of that no you're not even doing that <laughs> like all these people are not better than you no exactly and and you know you know what's interesting what you said about people they're gonna be haters oh yeah in the second week of this writing class the teacher gave us a handout about that really yes he said <laughs> if i were you i wouldn't talk to anybody about what you're doing in That's this class right. If I were you, don't let anybody read anything. 100%. Because they will pull you off your game every time. You have to know exactly who can... I didn't read anything to Bert until I was so confident in my class that I thought, I'm not going to care what he says about it. Because the teacher has told me week after week after week, you are an amazing storyteller. And I live with a self-proclaimed best storyteller on the planet. <laughs> right. So the pressure is it's so a lot. I was like, I'm not ever reading these to him because he's going to be like, well, if I were telling this story, but he didn't do that. It's amazing. He didn't do it at all. But I took advice from the teacher who said, don't tell anybody. Don't guard it. You know why? Because in the beginning process of creation, you have a baby. It's mm. an infant. Yeah. Right? And there's yeah. a rewriting. Even when you're starting something new, it's an idea. Let it marinate secretly quietly to yourself until it's ready to be born that's and right then you debut it because what happens is people will kill your baby totally they might they might do it inadvertently they might say something to you that'll oh gosh you're right and then now you're going in a different direction yeah they don't mean to sometimes people say things inadvertently of course that's why people send me their stand-up will you watch my stand-up and tell me notes no i won't because what if i say something to you Hey, I don't like how you say that word. You have a weird inflection. But then that inflection could be the very thing that makes you hugely successful. And I right. told you to stop it. Right, exactly. Never. But also having a mentor, having somebody who you believe in and who believes in you. Right. Is tremendous. Yes, it is. Yes. That validation from that teacher is everything, right? Because you go, yeah. well, this guy's an expert. He's seen it all. And he thinks I'm great. Then that's surely. And it gives you that little thing, that that's little right. boost. Yes, that was really important. So oh. anybody who's trying to function in the closet, there's nothing wrong with taking a class. There was yes. one point when somebody said to me, I don't need a class to know how to do so-and-so. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, well, that's you. Yeah. But I did. I don't have a college. I never took a creative writing class in my life. And I, for whatever reason, needed somebody who knew what they were doing to say, you know what you're doing. Just keep doing that. And then I go, well, I don't need another class. I'll just keep doing that. Because he told me that so many times. 
then I'll just keep doing that. Okay. So don't don't listen to someone who says you don't need a class to learn how to macrame. Maybe you do. Fucking class. Well, because Who cares? I love classes because they provide structure, like you said. Now you're on a schedule. Yes, exactly. You have to do the thing that you said you were going to right. do. You're held accountable. Yep. You meet other people that have the same interests as you. Yep. And now you've got a system of folks that you can. It's just wonderfully productive. So if you can take an, a Zoom class or whatever, totally. Why wouldn't you? Totally. Do it. Get Do that it. support and the structure. And then it's the doing of it. Mm-hmm. Then it's the actual just kicking yourself in the ass and, and discipline yeah. of doing something. But I'm so glad that you're back at it, man. I mean, I, I bet it feels really good. I'm really glad too. And it does feel really good. And I am really proud of myself. And I um, I said to Bert, I'm, I, this sounds really arrogant. And I don't mean it that way. But I am impressed with myself. You should be. And you know, it's not often in life when, when we get to do things that we're quietly impressed with. Yeah. You know, I don't need to walk around going, I am so impressive. Let me tell you about my <laughs> impressiveness. Wow. That's for Bert. He can do that all day long. But I'm not like that. So for me to go, yeah. wow, I'm really impressed with myself is really uh, healthy, I think. It's healthy for positive self-esteem and growth. Oh, yeah. You know, I don't, I haven't read these stories to anybody but Bert. I haven't talked to anybody except you now about, and everybody listening. And all these other people. About how I feel about that. But I'd said to Bert, I'm impressed with myself. And I think being impressed with yourself from time to time, not from an egotistical place, but from a place of real achievement is very important. It is. And don't you find that it feeds back into how you parent and how you're now you're revitalized as a mother and you can go back into your momming life with excitement and something to share and also what great modeling for your two girls right because i i think it's so easy it is for me especially now that i'm not on the road doing stand-up where my little children need me so much right now and i'm so thrilled that i can be there for them Mm -hmm. but they do suck the life force (laughs) out of you like tom the other day was like you sleep a lot i'm like yeah well i'm up at 6 a.m with these two little people who are just like they they need so much of my attention. Yeah. But at the other hand, like, it's also okay to be like, listen, mom needs to dip out. I, right. I got to do something for my soul here. Otherwise, I'm going to, I'm going to disappear. Totally. Gonna That's absolutely right. Disappear. They need you that, you know what? They'll take what they can get. Yeah. <laughs> they'll take it from dad. Let dad step in. That's right. And yeah. they'll take all you'll give. So if you're going to give them 180, they'll <laughs> oh, take 180. Shit. Yeah. You know, if you give them 100 and keep 80 for yourself, they're usually happy with the 100. Yes. You know course. what I mean? We think we should give them 180. That's the thing. Yeah. That's the thing is that we pressure ourselves. Every spare minute I have should be given to the children. Yes. But should it? Should it? I mean, that's the way I functioned also. And I wore myself out to be honest with you. And I didn't allow myself. It took me 16 years to get back to writing. Come on. Mm. That's a bummer. I could have easily taken this writing class six, seven years ago as far as what I perceived they needed from me as opposed to what they actually needed. Right. Does that make sense? No, it does because I, I find myself in the same uh, way of thinking. I get very perfectionistic with how I hmm. do things. And I'm like, well, because my parents weren't really available to me emotionally or physically. So m- I have a preoccupation with like, am I there enough? Am I present enough? Like I'll even find myself with my two-year-old who is a 
adorable. Both my kids are just adorable. They but, are really cute. But Juju is at this like cherubic two-year-old. Mm-hmm. God damn it. Like I just yeah, want to yeah. eat him. He's so yeah. fucking cute. Yeah. And I find myself feeling guilty when I don't like every moment with Juju. When right. he's screaming and tantruming or I'm bored. Right. We're at the park and I'm fucking bored because I don't want to push him for the 50th time. And and I find myself chastising myself like you should enjoy every moment because they're going to grow up. And then it's like, yeah, but you don't. You just don't enjoy. Yeah, every moment. you don't. You don't. It's called <laughs> not can't. humanly possible. It's not humanly possible to enjoy every moment. So give yourself a break. Yeah. And don't. No, and you can't. And that's why it's great. Like three hours on a Wednesday is not going to scar your children. No. You know, it's really no. not. You're not doing irreparable damage. And again, that's dad time that they can be having. Totally. Which teenage girls still need their father, you know. Oh, they had a blast. They cook dinner. They watch a movie. And, you know, I'm like, that's important, too, that I'm not in the picture because I'm always in the picture. <laughs> and I constantly push them. When we went out of town recently, I kept going off by myself and reading magazines on purpose, not just because I wanted to do that, but because then the three of them played pool, played on the putting green of this house that we rented, and then the three of them get to have a relationship that has nothing to do with me. So if I'm always there, they don't get the opportunity to develop that. Yeah. So if you think about it the right way, and I've thought about it this, I, I've been conscious of this my whole life because Bert travels so much. So I mm. always would purposefully say, and now mommy's going over here. So daddy can have the relationship with them that's just pure and clean and just theirs and just theirs. With me yeah which is so important too for girls to have a relationship with their yeah. dad especially if you're lucky enough to have a positive relationship with your dad totally. i know a lot of people don't especially girls um god what was i gonna say i had such a thought that was making me crazy oh you know i always think about especially my child my older boy just turned five ellis and he's going through this thing where He's asking me to do stuff for him, but I know he's damn well capable of doing it himself. Like, mommy, mommy, can I have a glass of water? I'm like, you know where the water is. You yeah. know how to do this. Yeah. You can do this now. And I don't know why, but I'm thinking of, um, there's a Swami online, <laughs> this guru, <laughs> who I love, Swami Sachidananda. I know he's a fucking, he's like this coolest Indian guy. And he has this thing of, he goes, you know, like when a, when a kid goes to the mother's apron and goes, mommy, 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 he goes, the best thing the mommy can do is hit the kid <laughs> and say, don't hold on to mommy. Go do it yourself. And I thought, oh, my gosh, you know, I, I get that. Look, that's a different culture. Yeah, yeah, they're, totally. a little, they're a little harsher than we are. But the idea of no, 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 don't tug on mommy all the time. Mm-hmm. You must go off into the world. I'm training you to be self-sufficient at yeah. some point. So mommy's absence is sometimes just as beneficial as mommy's presence. Yes, they have to learn to be resilient and be self-sufficient. I mean, look at us, a generation of latchkey kids. Totally. And we're so fucking resilient. Yep, and scrappy and get it done. Yeah, yeah, that's what we are. We're (laughs) scrappy, get it doneers. Gen X. Yep. So this brings me to my next topic since you're a varsity mom. Varsity. And you have two uh, uh, teenagers. Oh, wait, did I have a... Oh, yeah, okay, so... I mean, I'm going to ask you because I I have some friends that have children around the same age, but because of COVID, I don't really get to socialize with them and mm-hmm. their children as much. So I don't really get to see how other kids act. Yeah. And I guess I ask, I ask myself a lot, like, is my kid normal? Is this kid, is this behavior normal? Like, what the fuck? I want to show you this couch. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. Okay. Uh, is this an art installation at your house? <laughs> uh, what happened to this couch? So, so... Is that bleach and blood? It's not blood. No, it's not blood. Okay. It's just paint. It's paint. It's paint. Okay. And I thought I did buy the the kind of paint that washes off of things but it, it doesn't really ever no no shit. not really ever no that's the lie they looks like velvet probably not ever on velvet anyway <laughs> so my two-year-old uh i think it was my two-year-old threw the paint on the couch mm -hmm. is that is this normal did you beat him after no <laughs> <laughs> the swami wama wama wah say Hit the child. Hit and the that, child when he does this to your couch. Hit the child. Um, um, I don't fucking know. I do think this is totally normal for a two-year-old. Two. For sure. Even maybe even for a four-year-old. Um, Anything older. and You, you know, the thing off. is, I used to color on the walls. Same, yeah. And then my parents would say, stop doing that. And I'd forget and I'd do it again. <laughs> you know why? Because I was a child. Okay. Just making sure. No, I don't think that's abnormal. I mean, I'm not happy about this. Oh, I, well, I don't know why you would be happy about that. <laughs> Here's the good thing about cushions is that when you flip them over, it's like they're new. Ta-da! So I think I've already got, I, I haven't utilized the flip on this couch. <laughs> why not? It seriously looks like an art installation. It's like, <laughs> it's like Charles Manson, yeah. uh, modern, postmodern velvet. It's horrible. I don't know. It's pretty gnarly, but yeah, the older boy knows now. We've taught him. Oh, the magic eraser. If you, if mom's listening, if you don't have bought the magic eraser from Mr. Clean, um, now when a kid draws on the wall, <clears throat> that's the first thing we do. Oh, guess you're going to get the magic eraser, and then they have to scrub the wall, and it comes right off. Uh, magic eraser is probably <laughs> one of the best inventions of the 20th century. Yeah, what is it? I have no idea how that thing works, but it is amazing. You know, my cousin gave me a case of them for my shower gift. That's brilliant. Isn't it? She's just a whole case and she went, <laughs> trust me, you're going to need these. And I was like, what the, what? I've never heard of this thing. Oh my God, lifesaver. Yeah, and I didn't hear about it until like a year ago. So that's an excellent, mom's listening, give a case of magic eraser to anybody oh. having a child. I went through that case like that when can, they were about two years can old. Can you Google image search it and adopt so people know? Because the name is misleading. It's not like an eraser stick. No. It's a sponge that it's has- It's Mr. Clean. It's Mr. Clean. Yeah. It's got some crazy chemical. Dude, I don't even know what is on there that makes it work. I don't know either, but man, it does. It oh takes everything but a Sharpie off. You know it doesn't take realized? off a Sharpie. My gay facialist looks just like Mr. Clean. <laughs> Shout out to Tony. <laughs> Face place. <laughs> West Hollywood. Oh my God, he looks just like him. How funny. That's really funny. Yeah, that thing's yeah. the best. It's so, it'll save your furniture. Well, not my furniture. Not and your walls. And my walls, mostly. Everything, yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. It's, what is in it that it works? I don't know. It's fucking crazy. Uh, but, but yeah. No, that's totally normal. You know, I get really annoyed at that kind of stuff because I feel like living in L.A., People forget that kids are just full of piss and vinegar. They are. No you know? one tells you that either. And they're supposed to be th throwing things yeah. and kicking things and throwing sand at the beach. And <laughs> yeah, they're supposed to be doing that. It doesn't mean that you don't parent it. Yeah. It just means it's not abnormal. Okay. Because that, that's what I worry about is like. Obviously, I parent it. I'm like, don't throw the fucking sand. And then yeah. they'll do it again in an hour. I'm like, don't throw the fuck. It, you know, it's like, oh, God, am I doing this right? Is this is this what? Yeah. And, and then when we're in public, you know, two and five, two dudes. 
and uh, we hang out in this little village by my house. And hey, guess what? Kids can only sit down and eat for so long, and then they're up. The young ones jumping over the bushes, tagging <laughs> the to- the the trash can, flip, you know, running back, and then oh, the older one decide that's a fun game. Let's jump over the bush, hit the trash can, run back, and. Uh, and part of me gets like self-conscious, like, oh God, they're all judging me. People are like, this this woman's child, the, the children are wild. She's not wrangling them. But it's like, at the same time, they're boys. And I'm like, yeah. oh, fuck you. If you don't get this, you don't have two That's boys. Right. You don't have two kids. Yeah. So you don't get it. No. But I, I have to fight that embarrassment, that internal embarrassment of like, oh God, is everybody, <laughs> are they looking at me like this woman? I think it would be hard to have boys in this climate. Yeah. Because, you know, I had two girls and I have one girl who is very girly and one girl who is very wild as young girls. Like Isla was just wild. You know, yeah, she just was a great. wild kid. And I was never embarrassed by it. But I wonder how I would have felt or thought about it if it had been a boy. Because I think I would like to think I'd be like, well, yeah, that's what boys do. Um, I mean, even... It's so weird because the way I grew up with boys, boys were allowed to have no shirt on, to be filthy dirty, to be rough and tumble, to play with toy guns, to play, you know, cowboys and Indians, to play, you know, cops and robbers. And I feel like now a lot of those things are so politically incorrect. Oh, yeah. But at the same time. What piece of that is actually just natural boyness? I know. Like, they don't understand the political parts of being a cop and a robber. They don't understand that. They know there's a bad guy and a good guy, and I like being the good guy, and you like being the bad guy, and this is pretend. I know. How is that any different than two girls playing house? I don't know. It's something to do with their testosterone. And I personally think that homogenizing boys is a really bad idea and saying... Boys have to be more like the middle is maybe not the healthiest thing for a boy instead of just letting them find the middle. Yeah. And and climbing the tree and falling out and breaking an arm. You know, not that you want your child to get hurt, but that you want your child to be adventurous and explore and not be afraid. Yes. And how does that connect to the simple things of like, I want to throw a water balloon at that girl's head because I think she's cute. <laughs> you know, you know how beat up I got by boys who thought I, I was know. cute. Me too. I know. I'm not saying that's right, but what is the equivalent that is right? I know. What and is I, it? But all of that too. Now it's labeled, I guess, toxic masculinity. Oh, come of on. Of like, of like, but that's what that's what you did on the schoolyard, right? The boy who liked you would chase you, yeah, tag you, throw yeah. shit at you, yeah. and then you learn, and your mom would tell you, like, oh, he likes you. That's why he's doing that, right? And then you figure that, like, it, but that whole thing is like the beginnings of courtship. That's isn't that the beginning of the male female relationship where you're like, oh, they like me. What does that mean? And how do we navigate? And I think so. Yeah. And I think. You can't tell me that the mo- the dad was chasing the mom in the house and hitting her with stuff. No. That kid didn't learn that at <laughs> no, home. No, no, I don't right? think so. I, I don't think not. the kid learned that at home. The, it's got to be some kind of innate biological piece that we are squashing. Oh, because yeah. if you think about it in adult terms, that's really unhealthy. Yeah. You know, it's really unhealthy if Bert throws a shoe at me to tell me that he likes me. <laughs> yeah. That's super unhealthy. But if a kid throws a shoe at a girl 
And it's because he wants her attention. He doesn't yeah. know how to get it. So then let him learn by trial and exactly. error. Exactly. And she how goes, what the it? fuck are you doing throwing a shoe at me? Yes. And then he goes, wait, that's not how you get chicks? Exactly. Yeah, I got to go join a band. Exactly. become a doctor or a lawyer. Or but now we yeah. micromanage every yeah, behavior yeah, yeah. for political correctness instead of just going, let's just watch this and see what happens. I agree, man. I, You know what? I try to, one thing that really gets my asshole chafed is when I go to the <laughs> playground. And back in the day, we've talked about it on this show, the playground was like a rusty, dangerous place oh, yeah. for fucking kids. It was a death trap. Kids, yeah. yeah. But it, it was a kid zone. Yeah, yeah, your parents took you there, but my mom would literally sit on a bench <clears throat> and read a book. Yeah. And I was off. Yeah. And she knew I was fine. Yeah. But I, the way I see parenting now, it's so overly done the parent is playing with the child and then they're, you have to interact with them and then you have to, come on, Kevin, put your foot down the thing and then let's go. And it's like, give these kids some space. Yeah, yeah. Let the kids interact and learn and pull each other's hair and yeah. do this and do that. You don't have to interfere. No. This, the playground, this is where you're going to learn most of life's lessons. Yeah. Why are we fucking this up for them? Yeah. It's the free, great leveler. Yeah. Right? Free levels play. everybody. Yeah. Mm -hmm. he learned Alice learns oh that's not how you share a toy great this is how I'm gonna share this is how I'm gonna and then we're fucking it all up yeah because your peers teach you more yeah. than your parents oh yeah especially when you get to be a teenager my kids aren't listening to me no they're listening to their peers it's so true and so if that starts on the playground right then it's I don't know I agree with you I think it should be a kid space where kids negotiate and figure out until the point where they can no longer. And then you help. And then you help. But you yeah. don't have to be on top of every single minute. Yeah, you know, my crazy. Isla was a climber. I've talked about this a million times. She was a climber. Mm. And I let her climb. Yeah, you got to. Now, there was, I can't let her climb onto the mantle of the fireplace. Right. That's dangerous. But she could climb all over my couch. Yeah. And I, if she fell, guess what? She fell off the couch. Yeah. It's all right. That's how I am, too. Yeah. I actually, that's how I am, too. But I don't know. Like, I don't know what's norm. You're right. I think a lot of it is L.A. culture. Yeah. I think that's what I'm saying. Like, when I go to the park here and I see, you know, the the over, uh, uh, over regimenting and the over correcting. And it's like, I don't know. This feels fucking weird. You know, here's a toy gun. Go chase your brother in the woods. I feel like that's more natural. Yeah. Then I do, I do too. Then Skyler, Skyler, come here, Skyler. You want a snack? How about a snack, Skyler? Like this fucking constant. Mm -hmm. Let Skyler be, bitch. Let her figure. Totally. Out. And if she's hungry, she'll fucking come to you for it. They ask. Yeah, totally. You don't have to force every little minutia. I used to just put food out. Yeah. And yeah. then either would just eat while playing. <laughs> eat know. while playing. I was like, well, she got a full meal because I put eighteen <laughs> things out and they're all gone. So yeah. clearly she ate she's it. She's fine. Do you're I fine. need her to? You know, I don't know. It, this is a weird place, I think. In some ways, L.A. is amazing. Yes. And in some ways, L.A. is confounding. Yes. Where I go... I see it now more. Can you not just see that this boy is just being a boy? And can you not just leave him alone for it? Why does he have to be, all of a sudden, a liberal Me Too person? I know. He's not a Me Too. 
He he barely even knows what a penis is. I know. He doesn't know what to do with it. No. My favorite, I was applying to kindergarten for Ellis, and they have the male, female, non-binary is now an option for kindergarten. I'm like, I don't he can't even pronounce spaghetti. Are we going to give him the fucking, (laughs) what gender he thinks he is at five? Get the fuck out of here. You know, I, I respect everybody's need to be their own person. And I think that sometimes that's just, it's just too confusing. They're too young. It's, it's too confusing. It's it. confusing. It's overthinking it's for the parents. But also at the same time, I think, I think, I mean, I don't know how little girls, I see, I see the little girls in my neighborhood. I'm, and by little girls, I'm talking 12 year olds who dress like horse walking around. I'm like, yep. Jesus Christ, is anybody monitoring? Yep. I know some of them. Yeah. What is going on? And mm-hmm. that is young, man. I see them in 11 or 12 walking around and yep. I'm like. I'm so sad for them that their childhood is over because now you're being ogled. You know, I have a friend who has a daughter who is like that. And she said, it's so difficult because I set a boundary and it makes her feel bad about herself. That this generation is so fragile that if I say, hey, you need to wear a shirt that actually touches the waist of your pants because Everybody else is wearing something that's just under the boobs. She's now set apart and it makes her super anxious and uncomfortable. She says it's a very difficult thing to parent. I don't see it that way. I'm like, you just, you're not leaving my house like that. Sorry. These are my rules. But if the reverse is true, then I I don't know. I, I thought it was an interesting perspective that she was like, I am choosing to set my child apart from her peers. Okay. So then let learn, I think the problem is this, uh, the, the fragility. <laughs> no, the, the perception that children, um, it's what Dr. Drew calls anti-fragility. The idea that they're so fragile that she cannot handle the anxiety and the upset, the tantrum. Right. Essentially, it's a tantrum, yeah, right? Yeah, it is when a tantrum, yeah. When toddler says, may I have a cookie? No, you can't have a cookie. Ah, okay. Yeah. It's a tantrum that this teenager is throwing. But yeah, my yeah. peers won't accept me is what, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They're not going to accept you. So Maybe your peers suck. Yeah, maybe have your you, peers suck. Have you thought that these girls are not for you? Right. And if that's, they're going to X you out over a t-shirt, they're <laughs> not fucking cool. Like, they <laughs> suck. Like, that's that would be my thinking. Yeah, that'd be my thinking, too. Yeah, so go do your own thing. Guess what? Yeah. People aren't going to accept you your whole fucking life. It's a great lesson to learn. Yes. Uh, I, you got to find your peeps. Yeah, this anti-fragility stuff kills me. We're so worried about their little feelings about stuff. Yes. It's like, uh, well, you're going to have to deal with all this in, in life times 10 times 100 yes i read a great book the coddling of the american Mind. yes i like great it book. too mm-hmm. very good that's great what about book. they talk about anti-fragility yeah, they do there. they yeah. talk about a lot in that book it's a good book yeah and i hate safe spaces too i want to yeah. piss mm-hmm. all over your fucking safe nah. space you little mm-hmm. bitch yeah you know one thing i like about my daughter's high school yeah which was your high school yes is that they uh read a book called speak Mm. And a young lady oh, is yes, raped I remember in this that. book. I, we read that. Yeah. You did? Yeah. And they sent a letter home to the parents saying, listen, we're talking about this. We want you to know we're talking about this. This is why we're talking about this, but we're talking about it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, right on, right on. I mean, I'm glad they let us know so my kid's not come home and going, we're reading a book about rape because <laughs> it's not about rape. It's, it was it, a, a really popular young adult uh, novel. Will you bring it up? Speak. If you have a young teenage girl, I I read it as a twenty-eight-year-old. I just loved this book. Um, Isla um, really liked it too, and was really. 
I think it was very good for them. Georgia read it also. I think it made them see a different world than the one, the very coddled world they live in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was glad they did that. Yeah. And there was another book they read. They did the same thing where they said, we are talking about X, Y, Z, and we're talking about it. So I just want you to know. And I thought that was great. Louise but- Halls Anderson wrote Speak. Great book. Go ask gals. That's an old school. That's from the 60s. <laughs> did you read that shit? That was fun. I did, no. yeah. Oh, you read gals? that one? Yeah. This was from the 60s. This is where, like, you learned about taking acid. It's an encounter of a girl who goes insane, basically, and she takes acid, and it's really cool. I read that one, too. It was a good one. No, I did not read that one. I agree. There's such a weird thing in not, and not. And what I found, too, in this dealing with um, my children and Tom's accident is that children can handle the truth. Yeah, they can. But what, what they d- cannot handle is not the truth. Secrets. Secrets, Secret yes. Secret and bullshit. That's right. Because the kid will convince themselves, right, that it's like they're doing, that this That's is right. bad, this is wrong, something happened, daddy's not here, it's my fault. Right. So, like, yeah, I don't I, I don't know why people don't just talk, talk to their kids. <laughs> you know, you can yeah. just explain shit to them in, yeah. in ways that they understand. Age appropriate. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, because my mom did, did a lot of overshares. Like, I remember she Aww. got, she had her tubes tied when I was five, right at Ellis's age. And she told me in great detail, I am having my tubes tied. This means I cannot have any more children. They are going to cut open my body here and tie my tubes. And I was like, what the fuck? They're killing my mom. And I went to kindergarten that day and I was like, my mom's having her tubes tied. <laughs> and I announced. Someone help me. <laughs> yeah. And so when she came to get me, you know, how many days later, the whole staff knew. And they were like, how are your tubes? How are the tubes? Oh, my God. But like now thinking back as an adult, I'm like, she didn't need to tell me that. No. That could have been like, hey, you're going to stay with your dad this weekend. I'll see you on Monday. And yeah. like, because I, I don't think you're laid out for a week. No, with the tubal I don't think so. That and um, <laughs> Why are you telling it's, me that? that was because, she, yeah, that was for a totally different fucked up reason. She yeah. needed you to be worried about her or something. Right. And that and that's stupid. That's that's not necessary. No. Um. That yeah. one I could have just not known. She could no. have just sent me to my dad's and, and I could have been fine. Yeah. yeah. You would have never known. You no. would have been none the wiser. None the wiser. Yeah. And why should you be wise to any reproductive functions of a parent at age five? You shouldn't. You don't even know what that is. No, I know. It was such a bizarro. Gosh, just looking back, they really shielded nothing from me. They shielded nothing. I was going to ask you, though, did they keep nothing. things from you they shouldn't have and then told you things that you didn't need to know? All of the above, yes. Just, yeah. I think too much. I just knew. I knew everything. I yeah, I knew known. everything, too. From, <laughs> yeah, I knew. It was all pretty transparent. And there is stuff that you shouldn't have the responsibility of knowing. Right. At a certain age. And then as you get older, you know, like with my mom, you know, I believe, it is my belief that my mother has some mental issues right Mm -hmm. so when my kids were younger we just said you know what she's got like a boo-boo on her brain yeah and so we don't see her and then as they got older and they could wrap their head around that oh she has a boo-boo okay so she's hurt okay and then as they got older we were like you know she has um some like mental health problems and then they could wrap their head around that and then as they got older i've been able now that they're almost adults i'm able to say here's what's really (laughs) going on. And this is why we don't have a relationship with her. And they understand it. But they've never questioned it ever. 
Yeah. Because really, at the end of the day, it is a boo-boo on the brain. Mm -hmm. I didn't lie to them. I just gave them information that they could process at their age. Yeah. Um, And as they got older, I explained it more so they understand really the bigger picture of why she's not around. Yes, yeah, so but not saying anything or not if they ask you something and you just skirt the issue entirely is not the right way to deal with no, it. No, I don't I'm, think that's the right way I to deal with so. anything. Yeah, no. Um, even if you say, I don't know the answer to that question because I know s- some kids will ask questions that you really don't know. Yeah. So instead of bullshitting them and saying, well, you know, this is what Bert does. <laughs> is Santa Claus real? You know, Santa is Jesus's brother. <laughs> and he made up this whole story and I was listening to him going, they are going to hate you and not trust you. You were telling him that Santa Claus is Jesus's brother. That's so not true. And that Santa, I mean, he made up this elaborate story about how the Jews murdered Jesus and Santa Claus vendetta was to give all Christian kids presents because the Jews murdered. And I was going, Oh my God, this is such a massive lie. But it makes sense. Like when you think about it that way, <laughs> it's kind of why we do presents. Yeah. But he, parent, he parented when they were younger, he would just make shit up and I'd be like, they are not going to trust you. I know. At a certain age, they're going to go, wait a minute. This, the Jews didn't murder Jesus <laughs> and that's not his brother. And we don't, they, wait, the Jews get presents too, just on eight days and we get one. I don't understand. <laughs> I know I feel bad because I told Ellis that I have the ability to shoot lasers out of my eyes (laughs) and fight the bad guys because he was really worried about bad guys because he watched Home Alone and he was like, I had the bad guys. And I was like, no way, dude, I'm strong as shit. And I got lasers that come out of my eyes, but they don't come when you're awake. You have to go to sleep and then the lasers can fight the bad guys. Oh, really, Bert Kreischer? (laughs) Is your name Bert Kreischer, Christina Pachinski? You may be the same person. You once again have proven that you are the same person. Oh, See, gosh. my dead inside brain would go, there's no bad guys. Just go to sleep, which well, is not helpful probably either. the normal response. Exactly. To there's no bad kid? guys. Let me tell you, this is the way I parent that. We have two dogs that are enormous that yeah. would bark immediately if a bad guy came in the house. Okay, that's true. We have an alarm on every window and door in this house that we set every single night. Okay. If someone came in the house, the alarm would go off and it calls the police. Oh, so, there you, <laughs> you go. You mean you don't tell them you have lasers? That can no! <laughs> my lasers come out of my asshole. So, I just shit lasers at them, <laughs> Georgia and Isla. Well, on that note, I'm having your husband <laughs> on the next episode. So, <laughs> Good he luck. and I will discuss uh, the lies that we've told our children. Parenting skills, <laughs> 101, <laughs> with Push and Bert. There you go. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you again so much for being here. You're an absolute delight, Leanne Kreischer. Listen to her on Wife of the Party and uh, look for her future memoir coming out. Aw. Well, thank you for having me over and over again. I, I love, love spending you. time with you. I do too. I feel I like in you. our crazy parenting world, this is the only time we can spend time together. I know. So thank you for of having course. me. Of course. Come over thank anytime. You. I love you. All love right. Love you too. Until next time, stay cool, moms. Where my moms, where my moms, where my moms at? Where my moms wearing thongs, hitting bongs at? Raising kids, cleaning shits, need a long nap. Where my mom's, where my mom's, where my mom's at? Where my mom's, where my mom's, where my mom's at?